0: Join me as we visit the third-largest island in Thailand, called Koh Samui. I'm Gary Benbridge, and this is Tips for Travellers, the global travel destination podcast. Each month, a new destination is featured with recommendation, advice, and tips, based on the first-hand travel experience I gain from the two to three times a month I travel all over the world. You may also want to check out the Tips for Travellers video podcast, a sister podcast which features videos are made of hotel rooms or attractions with commentary and recommendations linked to the destination featured each month in this audio podcast. To find out more, visit tipsfortravelers.com. For Travellers is spelt with two L's the UK way or email me at gary at You can subscribe to one or both of the podcasts by searching for Tips for Travellers or Gary Benbridge on iTunes or your favourite podcast directory. The island of Koh Samui is just one hour's flight from Bangkok, which is around 700 miles away. Now the island clearly is a massively popular resort as planes from Bangkok Airways shuttle backwards and forwards to and from the island every hour. And it seems that the planes are always chock-full. Now, in part, one of the reasons that these shuttle flights are so full is because the airport at Koh Samui cannot really handle larger planes than about a 737 size that the Bangkok Airways shuttle seems to use. Now, as you sit in the airport in Bangkok, Thailand, and you look at your fellow travellers heading to Koh Samui, you get a good feel for the type of holiday maker that the island attracts. And it's clearly very much positioned towards or attracts the family package holiday market and the young traveller, the backpacker, seeking a value holiday. And the main bulk of travellers seem to be from the UK and, to a lesser degree, from, from Europe. Now, once we were on the island and explored it a bit more, our experiences and observations did confirm a lot of this. Now, it seems that the island was not that developed even 10, 15 years ago. And since then, with the increasing popularity of Thailand as a destination, the island of Koh Samui has boomed, absolutely boomed and been developed. Now, saying that, because the development seems to have been fairly recent, as I just said, and also fairly rushed, I, I think, to, to kind of take advantage of this boom. In my view, the development of the town and the island has probably suffered. Now, apparently the island only really started getting visitors in the sort of the 1960s as backpackers sought out kind of unexplored corners of Thailand. And in reality, there does not seem to have been very much on Koh Sumi before that time in terms of people living there, etc. It was pretty... Uh, uninhabited and not not that sort of active and apparently even in the 1970s there were not even any roads on the island so if you wanted to travel the 15 kilometers from one side of the island to the other I mean it would literally take you a day and you'd be kind of trekking etc so as you can probably tell I have very mixed views about the island and about Kosumi as a destination now the place that we stayed was very beautiful it was absolutely beautiful and it was very nicely done, and it was very lovely. We sat at a place called Tongsai Bay. And Tongsai Bay, like many other of the newer resorts on Koh Samui, had small villas which were kind of dotted all over a hill, quite a steep hill, which runs down to the beach. There are many similar developments across the island. And if you look at things like TripAdvisor, you see actually that many of these uh, are are relatively new developments but kind of once you venture out of your your kind of development in your little sort of um, cozy little world if you like and you go into the centers you do find kind of um, a more kind of this may sound a bit snobby it's not intended to be it's kind of like just a tourist kind of offer a tourist thing And, and what I mean by that is, you know, you've got lots of shops selling kind of obviously the cheap and ripple merchandise and fakes, etc., which Thailand is kind of infamous for. But there's lots of kind of tourist fair souvenir shops, and you don't find a lot of Thai shops and Thai artworks and Thai restaurants. And it, it just kind of lacks a degree of Thainess. I mean, a, you know, a lot of Thai people are running the, the, the places, but it just kind of lacks some of that authenticity. Which may sound very snobby, but it just kind of—it was just really obvious and missing. And so there's no real sense of Thai culture and Thainess about the place. You know, I actually felt, other than there was you know a lot of Thai people <laughs> there working and and et cetera, But I almost felt like I could have been, say, Gran Canaria in the Canary Islands, or or even one of the the intensely developed kind of Spanish resorts on the the Costa Brava or whatever. And this, and this for me was a disappointment because I was expecting just you know kind of it being more Thai, really. Now we hired a car for a few days, and, and actually didn't use it that much because what, what, of course, as you probably kind of gathered, is the island is not very large, and you can actually kind of do a trip around the island in in, in less than a day. It, it, it is easy to find your your way about because it's kind of effectively a circular route that you drive round. I think they can call it the circular route. Now the island is, is as I said, is quite small. It, it is the third largest in Thailand, Phuket. And Cochang are are larger but it is it is a relatively small island so bear in mind I have this kind of mixed views about the island and and whatnot you know stayed in a very nice place but just kind of mixed views about what the island was what are my tips for visitors visiting Koh Samui and you'll actually find that tips are quite few versus some other tips for travelers podcasts so the best time to visit Koh Samui. Now, Thailand, for those of you who, who who know it and also those of you who don't, has jokingly what a lot of the, the guidebooks say, three seasons, hot, rainy, and really hot. Hot, rainy, really hot. Now, we were on the island in March, and it was it was very hot. But what, what times of the year are best and what's to be avoided? So, the rainy season. Now, the rain can be very heavy um, between October through to mid December, so it's not a great time to go. Um and you know, it is kind of a tropical island and it gets a lot of rain. And in fact, because it's a tropical island, there can be some rain at any time of the year, but but nothing that becomes much of an issue apparently. Now the dry season, which is also the most populous time for tourists to visit, runs from mid December through to March, so it's that whole Christmas period through to kind of Easter time. Really, that's that's the most popular time for tourists to visit. It is quite hot. You know, temperatures will be 30 degrees Celsius, 80 degrees, 85 degrees Fahrenheit. It'll be very sunny, um, and so it's just kind of perfect. It is pretty hot though, and it's very the sun's very strong, and it's very easy to get burnt. So you've got to be very careful. Now the hot season. Starts in April, so kind of just after Easter, and and runs basically to the rains. And, you know, the people in Thailand call it the hot season. So bear in mind that the the season from December to March is pretty hot. It must be very hot. So that's the best time. So the best time really is that mid-December sort of, you know, run up to Christmas through to Easter time. My second tip is just around getting there and getting about. Now, as I've already said, you know, the Khosamir Airport is, you know, there's kind of these shuttles that, that fly to and from Bangkok, Now, the airport I discovered, actually, when I was doing a bit more research, is it's a private airport, and Bangkok Airways, who run the shuttle service, you know, built it, and, and it's the main user, they run this almost hourly service. But also what I realized when we were waiting actually to fly out is there's quite a few other destinations you can fly to. So Phuket, and a lot of people were going on to Phuket, so I'm guessing they were doing kind of like a, a 2 centre kind of holiday. You can even fly to Singapore, uh, Chiming, and, and even as far as Hong Kong, and, and a few other places which I can't actually remember. But it was quite surprisingly diverse, um, you diverse know, of, set of places that you could fly directly into Koh Samui. The airport's it's slightly unusual, and they have a slightly unusual process which which is quite hard to work out i mean it works but and it's quite a quaint um, airport because it's a series of kind of open sided buildings because you know it's hot and the weather's always great and uh, so it's quite a quaint little airport um, quite a quite sort of unusual um, uh, you know and, and it's and it's quite fun now. If you don't have pickups arranged with your resort or wherever you're staying at the airport, there's lots of minibuses, lots of taxis, like piles of them. So that seems fairly straightforward. And one of the tips is always to negotiate because they don't really use meters. Apparently, you know, you just kind of negotiate fares. In terms of getting around the island, you can you can uh, rent cars. And renting cars, we we rented cars through Avis. It was it was pretty cheap actually. Now the guidebooks and the internet sites will rather alarmingly talk about how it dangerous it can be driving, and how you need to take extreme care. Now, I don't know whether that's just because people in Costa Rica aren't very good drivers, or the roads aren't great, and the roads are relatively busy, but you know, everywhere I look, they just warn you about being careful and, and, and when you're driving. So maybe it's just people aren't taught very well or something, I don't know. But we did not really know just particularly bad driving, but uh, all the guidebooks warn you about it. The other thing you see a lot of is tourists on motorbikes. There seems to be like a real booming industry in renting out you know these little motorbikes, little moped-y kind of things, and they 're very popular. A lot of people were zooting around in the, you know the sun without shirts and no helmets, but the guy books again warn that it's the law and there are quite strict fines um, in, if you don't wear your helmet so that's the second thing just getting around and being careful and whatnot, but hiring little uh, scooters or whatever. The third tip and probably it's the most important tip is go to the beach and to be honest. It's just about the only thing that you can do on the island is go to the beach or sit by the pool, but go to the beach. And, you know, I looked online and I was looking for tips and, and whatnot. And, and the real feature of Kosami is the beach. It, that's what it's about. It's it's about going uh, to the beach. And it, I guess it sort of reflects the history of the island. It didn't have a lot of stuff going on before, so there's not a lot of history to visit or whatever. Now, the best-known beach <coughs> is called Chawang Beach, Chaweng, and I'm going to just read a description from from one of the websites that I've got a link to on on the show notes. This is what it says: It covers a large portion of the island's northeast coast, and is easily the most crowded and tourist-saturated region on the island. The beach itself, while beautiful and clean, often suffers from seasonal overcrowding as ever-increasing numbers of visitors discover the island that kind of sums up Chowang beach and kind of sums up um, that kind of catchment area it's also an area where there's the bars the restaurants the tourist trap shops the night spots and it's where people really hang out in the evening it's very busy it's very bustling um, and uh, you know it's kind of just where things happen and so that Chowang beach is kind of where the young particularly the younger crowd go backpackers go it's very busy it's very buzzy uh, etc etc now if that's not, you'll see many of the resorts that have sprung up across the island, they have their own little private beaches and as part of the complex. So unlike, say, the Caribbean, where all the beaches are public, only guests may use the beach outside the resort. It doesn't actually mean the beaches are fantastic. The places that we stayed didn't have a particularly great beach, but, you know, it's, it, it's an option. The fourth tip I've got is to go and see the Big Buddha. Um, which is probably about the only other major thing that you can go and see. The Big Buddha, it's located north of the island. In fact, it was very near where we were staying. And there, you know, other guidebooks and, and, and free guides will tell you there's other temples worth seeing. So if you do want to actually go and explore some temples, you can find those. But the main tourist attraction is this huge, very bright. Buddha, I mean, it's absolutely huge. And in this sort of area, there's a number of other bits and pieces and stuff going on. So that's it. Now, I don't want to sound like I'm completely down on Kosumi, but I think there's... You've got to be very clear if you want to visit Koh Samui. If you want to escape and you want to hang out in a resort and you have the money to stay, say, in one of the new smart resorts which have lovely villas and pools and all that kind of stuff and you just want to do very little and you want to enjoy the fact that there's nothing to distract you so there's no like there can be no distractions like let's go sightseeing, let's go doing this then you will love Koh Samui because basically you go there there's nothing to do other than just enjoy the sun, enjoy the beach uh, eat, whatever, you'll absolutely love it because there are some very beautiful resorts. But also if you're a young backpacker, and I think you'll also love it because you can find cheap accommodation, you can party at Chowang w- with piles of like-minded travelers, and you'll have a great time. So that's Tips for Travelers on mean, There's a couple of sites that are worth seeing. There's co- kosamui.org, kosamui.com, and onestopsamui.com, and those are all on my show notes. And so if you visit uh, tipsfortravelers.com, you can find links to the show notes or the blog at mytravelreviews.blogspot.com. You've been listening to Tips for Travelers, the global travel destination podcast. A new destination with first-hand-based advice, recommendations and tips is added each month. If you subscribe to the podcast... Thanks for your support. If you don't, you may want to consider subscribing by searching Tips for Travelers or Gary Beveridge on iTunes or your favourite podcast directory. You can then subscribe to the Tips for Travelers Global Travel Destination audio podcast or the video podcast with hotel rooms and attractions. To find out more, visit tipsfortravelers.com, The travelers spelt the UK way with two L's, or email me at gary at my